The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's Science Week again. It kicks off today, November the 8th. And if science was ever needed, it is now in 2020. Wexford has a great lineup for Science Week starting today. And Hazel Percival, Senior Librarian at Wexford Library, is going to give us a rundown. And then we're going to talk to Dr. Neve Shaw as well. She's going to be telling us about baking in space. That's a series for families. And then Space in Society, which is for adults. Hiya, Hazel. Uh, hi Orla, good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you as well. That year has come very quickly, but little did we know when we were talking about Science Week last year that we would be in the middle of a, a pandemic where we talk vaccines and lots of other scientific terms. They just roll off our tongue. Absolutely, and I, I didn't uh, ever feel that I would be bringing you a digital uh, <laughs> festival uh, when we spoke. This is the fourth year of the Wexford Science Festival and it's the first to go totally digital. But that brings its own um, specialisms and its own challenges. But uh, So there, there, there are now over 40 events uh, for, for you to uh, choose what you want to learn about and what you want to see more of in uh, Wexford Science Festival this year. And I suppose the beauty of it is that you can um, click in to STEAM from your own home at, at the time that suits you. So you can either learn some more yourself or you can do it with your friends or you can do it in school or whatever. So, but there's, there's loads of different um, things uh, on offer. But it's, it's, still, it's still the same. You can uh, meet the scientists. You have a great one um, with some strong women's science. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. There are mm. two ladies called um, Aoife and um, Maria. And they are an, an, an engineer and an um, um, environmental science. And they use circus skills to talk about um, how science works and um, how, um, for example, uh, what happens when you're juggling. How does, you know, how does, how, how does gravity come into play? Okay. Um, and they, they also have a... They've a they're, uh, you can find them on the Saturday, by the way. And um, they, have, they, they also... Um, play with liquids and um, they have uh, they have some custard fun now around how I think you know how you the, the density of liquids so yeah they're and they are passionate about um, how they can talk to you to help women get more involved in science you know they, okay. they recognize that you know, when they when they were starting off there were very few women actually working in science and there's more and more now and they want more and more people to, to do it. To so yeah they're definitely worth looking there's also um, Wexford Science Cafe have a live event on the Tuesday evening at 8, and that's going viral, the trials and tribulations of COVID-19. You could say as if we you know, haven't heard enough about COVID-19, but they will tell you about the virus itself and what might happen in the future and maybe how um, maybe we could communicate the message the messages um, about it better. So I think that's well worth, that's a live event uh, on the when, on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. The day before, we have Dr. John Sweeney talking about climate change. Okay. Um, and again, he has, he, has, he, has a, he has a really good lecture and with loads of graphics. And then there's also a group of bioengineers from Trinity College and how it, uh, a Dr. Um, Monaghan works with his students and they make 3D um 3D products um, that can be used for medical devices, and then and they're they're doing projects out in the um, the third, third third world using these. So he's on on Wednesday. There's so loads, some, there's loads for all ages. Okay, and some live and some uh, pre-recorded that you can watch at any time. Yeah, and the live events all need to be um, to be pre-booked. And if you look at the website, which is WexfordScienceFestival.ie, um, and there's also a um, 
Facebook page, but if you if you if you Google Wexford Science Festival, you will find both the the live events all need to be booked, and some okay. of them are put up in um, collaboration with Science Foundation Ireland, who sponsor um, all the Science Week festivals, um, and the, everything is free but you may need to book. So the, the website's very easy to use. Um, we have a redesigned. Uh, there are, there, there's literally a brick per event and you, you hit the brick and you can book uh, your place or get more information about okay. it. Good stuff. Well, as you said, brand new website for Wexford Science Festival. It's wexfordsciencefestival.ie. Thanks a million for that, Hazel. Uh, also joining me this morning is Dr. Neve Shaw. I think she's best described as a champion of space. You'll know Dr. Neve because in 2017, she participated participated in a simulated Mars mission and she was in isolation for 15 days. So she kind of knows what lockdown is like before any of us experienced it. Neve is here to talk to us about some of the events that she will be holding for Wexford Science Fest. Hi Neve, it's good to talk to you again. Lovely to talk to you again and happy Science Week. Happy Great. Science Week. I yeah. love the slant that Science Week takes on science because my secondary school experience was about and I've probably said this to you before learning off the theories of photosynthesis because I did not understand anything about science yeah yeah and and, you know and it has nothing to do with our curiosity or our wonder and I think books the way information was given to us as like packets of paragraphs and no kind of real kind of relevancy to why, why should we care I, I, I think it turned off a lot of people about science whereas what's lovely now is I think and Science Week is great for celebrating that it, it takes like everyday scenarios or everyday situations and it gives you the science behind them and that, and that, I think it's just terrific and I think it's revolutionised the way people are starting to see the science is everywhere and it's, and it's not in a book Did you, you find have you found over, over the past years that people have been more interested in science because we are, of course, going through a pandemic and there's talk of vaccines and, you know, what what happens when we don't wash our hands? Are, are people more interested? It's very hard to say. It's really hard because, of course, I live in a bubble. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, obviously, the people I'm going to meet uh, because I'm, I'm directly trying to get to them and the people that turn up are people that are going to be interested in science. I, I won't know that until I, like, what I'm really trying to do now, and particularly in the next couple of years, um, as part of my work in space, is to actually walk into towns and meet people who who have not turned up for a show, to, to genuinely ask that question, are people more interested in science? And I think it's a, um, I think it's a really interesting question, but I... I know that there's an, there's an increased interest in science in general during Science Week, but I don't know if it really reflects on the ground mm. how much impact we're making just yet. I'd, I'd need to just go into a town blind and just have chats with people to see. Yeah, exactly. I've just heard people like Dr. Luke O'Neill say he's never been on oh, yeah. you know, radio yeah. or television yeah. as much. And that's yeah. the sort of information I just soak in. It's just so interesting. Of course it is. And, and you know, and Luke O'Neill is just, he, um, he's terrific at what he does because he is a very smart man, but he really understands how to communicate it to everybody. And he has a lovely sense of humor and and that's it. And, and just make it part of every day. And, mm. and I think that that's the secret. It's the way you deliver that science. It's like what you said, learning something off my heart. What, what is interesting about that? Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Whereas if you kind of give it context. And now, as you're right, everybody's interested in COVID and being able to explain that in such a way that it's relevant to people. That is science, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, of course. So it. interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that you're going to be talking about for Science yeah. Week. I was so intrigued that you did spend 15 days in isolation, though, when you yeah. did your simulated Mars yeah. mission. So when lockdown came, did you think, I've done this before, I'll be okay? I did think that. Mm. I definitely did think that. And um, uh, apart from understanding that you have to basically reorganize your health because it is your only living place. So mm. now you have to have dedicated zones for working, mm-hmm. dedicated zones for eating and stuff like that. But, but you know, I've spoken to a few astronauts during lockdown. So the great thing about lockdown has been that people have been, because everybody's stuck at home, I've been able to access more international people to interview them and stuff. Mm. And I've asked a few astronauts that question about is there similarities between uh, lockdown and living in isolation, like on, on board the International Space Station or anything. And they say, apart from the fact that you can't go outside and you have to kind of suit up, that's really where the, the comparisons end. Because, as they say, they always knew how long their missions were and they always knew that there was an end in sight. Okay. And then secondly, um, they also had a, a crew around them and they had everything that they wanted and they planned for it. The lockdown, there are some people that are on their own. There are mm-hmm. some people in isolation. There are some people that are ill. Um you know, there are some people that are economically affected by that. They didn't, they, as they said, they didn't have any of those worries. So they actually think that lockdown is tougher yeah. than, than living in space, which was very gracious of them, I think. To yeah, say that, and know. a very good point as well. Yeah. Now let's talk yeah. about something a bit more frivolous than isolation yeah. and, and something that we were doing in isolation, and that is baking. But you're talking baking in space. Yeah, so we're talking about baking in space. So this is a show, this is our fourth year bringing the show to um, it was a third year, it's our third, sorry, our third year bringing Baking in Space to Science Week. Um, I've been working with Andrew Smith, a baker and an aerospace engineer and you might know him as being a finalist from one of the seasons in the Great yes. British Bake Off, the last year that the BBC um, mm-hmm. hosted it and um, he and I work with British Council and with funding from, from Yakult and Science Foundation Ireland. We use baking to explain um, some of the fundamentals about space in terms of materials that you use to survive in space and also we we talk to a panel of guests who are working either in the um in the uh, european space agency or they um they are experts in their field here based in ireland and this year we also have astronaut helen Sharman join us and she is britain's first astronaut she actually spent eight days up on the mir space station wow. so baking is the theme because food is a massive part of um, living in space because okay. you can't eat food in the normal way obviously because they, in, on the International Space Station for instance they don't experience gravity in the same way we do they're in a constant state of free fall which makes them feel as if there is no gravity okay. so then everything floats in space so how do you have a bowl of cereal in the morning you can't so it, so it introduces all that and so we talk to people whose job it is to, um, to design food for space so it has to be packaged in a certain way we talk to people about um, when we go back to the moon and, and, and um, you know, NASA and the European Space Agency are, are planning to do that in the mid-2020s. Mm-hmm. So when they're on the moon, how are they going to build homes on the moon? How are we going to eat? So that's all coming up. And that is for families, yeah. really, from and children oh, from totally. 8 plus yeah. as well. You've yeah. lots more yeah. going on for Wexford yeah. Science Week and across the yeah. country as well. But we're running out of time, so I'm going to send people to wexfordsciencefestival.ie yeah. to check more stuff that you're doing because tonight you're talking exploration of the moon with NASA's chief scientist, Dr. James Green, too. So you're doing that tonight. That's, yes, that's tonight. Now, that is, that is quite a coup. So, so Jim Green, just so you know, is NASA chief scientist. So that means... He is the head of science of NASA. Like, so mm-hmm. like, He's a big one. This is, where the, 
this is where the lockdown is amazing. So mm-hmm. I just sent him an email and I said, you know, the people of Wex would really love to hear from an expert. And uh, and he said, yeah, okay, when do you want it? And I was I couldn't believe That's it. brilliant. I couldn't believe it. So he, um, so, so Jim was involved in, he was one of the advisors for the making of the Martian to make it scientifically accurate. And he's been involved in a lot of the major missions to planets like Jupiter and Saturn and all the spacecraft. And he is an incredible um, explainer of space. And that's why I asked him to join us because he, he you know the way like you're saying about Luke being able to talk about mm. COVID and everything like that. Well, he is somebody that really can make any aspect of the science of space um, interesting and also understandable for Which anybody so of any age. He is an incredible talent. Okay. So I'm so looking forward to our chat later on tonight. Brilliant. So just bear in mind that's at six o'clock and if you want to find yes. out all details as Hazel from the Wexford County Library said to us earlier on it's wexfordsciencefestival.ie some of those events need to be booked so just check out if any yes. of Neve's need to be booked because you are if you can't book you can't get in. Neve it sounds that's like right. you're going to really enjoy Wexford Science oh, Week and Science I Week in wait. general this week. Yes. Great. I'm delighted to be a part of Wexford Science Festival again this year. Brilliant. Well, enjoy every bit of it. And if you want to check out Dr. Neve talking to some of the people she was telling us about earlier on, she does have a podcast called Humans of Space as well. And as you said, yeah. that's how you're getting to chat to so many people over yeah. COVID, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I'm speaking to astronauts. Um, I'm speaking to the South Korean astronaut Soyin Yi. She's a really interesting story. She actually fell to Earth. So her re-entry in the Soyuz spacecraft went wrong. And they had what's known as a ballistic re-entry. So they, they experienced eight to ten times the force of gravity as they were just spinning in space. She's very lucky to have survived. Wow. Amazing, amazing story. So oh, uh, injured, I presume. Her. Badly injured by the time. No, 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 no. Because they're, they're so well packed in that they, that they get, get injured. But it's very hard on the body. Very, very imagine. hard on the body. So, okay. so she shares that story with me in uh, the next episode, which will be coming out during Science Week in the middle of next week so keep an eye out for that one Okay good Amazing. stuff so if you just um, search Humans of Space by Dr Neve Shaw that's where you'll you. find it Neve. thank you so much enjoy the week of Science Festival and I'll talk to you again soon Okay happy Science Week <laughs> The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 Wexford's Trina Cleary has come in called in some favours to create some prize hampers while getting her followers to mind themselves for November you'll know Trina from Instagram where she shares her frank and incredibly honest experience of living with incurable stage 4 cancer and she has decided to mind herself and her followers with this idea she has for November she's going to tell us more about it this morning hi how are you? Hello, how are Hello. you? Hello, I'm good, grand. thank you. Um, are you good? You've I've been watching you on stories. You're kind of having a bit of a, not a mare of a yeah, week, just a bit fed up, are you? Yeah, just today is a bit of a self-care day, I suppose. Um, just my body's getting used to being out walking a bit more. And I just feel like I hit a wall today. So I was like, right, I need to just chill, sit down. And I lay down on the couch for a couple hours and just minded myself a little bit. Lovely. Did you have a bit of a disco nap? Yes, yeah, just a little bit of a nanny nap. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say your body's a bit tired, are you, are you a bit tired mentally or physically or a little bit of both? A little bit of both, yeah. Um, I've just been feeling a little bit anxious in myself the last week or so and there's no reason for it. Like, I'm not conscious of anything that's annoying me or anything. Mm. Um, but I did have a Zolidex injection last week and I think that might have a little bit to do with it and a little bit of tears and stuff this morning. Like, okay. um, So, but no, I'm not, I'm not concerned. It's just... One of them things could be a moon. Who knows? Well, it could be, and we had a full moon last week. Of course, what what is a Zolidex yeah. injection? 
Um, that puts my ovaries asleep, so basically it throws you into a medical menopause, so you get all of those menopausal symptoms along with okay. it, and sometimes you get a little bit teary, a little bit upset for no reason. <laughs> okay. And as well as having all that going on, Trina, you have decided to think of other people and put together a Mind Yourself campaign. Tell us why you came up mm-hmm. with this for November as the days get darker and we can't get out as much. What made you come up with yeah. this? Um, I had put up a question box on my story the other day just asking how people were getting on with lockdown 2.0 as people are calling it and a lot of people were saying that they're really, really feeling it this time around more so than the one we had earlier in the year and they kind of put it down to like, the, you know, the darker evenings, the days are shorter and stuff like that so I was like, right, we kind of reopened the Let's Walk with Trina Facebook page for November for that reason just to kind of get people going and I said, how can I kind of come up with an incentive to get people out moving more, you know, if they have that little bit of, like, friendly competition, but it's not a competition, if you get me. Um, and I kind of said, you know what, if I don't ask, I won't get. So I did reach out to a few brands, and I said, look, here's my idea. I just want to get people out walking, minding their own, you know, minding their head, because I know how I feel when I can get out and walk, and I know how I feel when I can't get out and walk. And, you know, you'd rather feel good in your head and kind of, I don't know, you're a bit more kind of productive and positive and a little bit more of a pep in your step when you're able to get out for a walk. Um, so loads of brands came back to me and they're like, yeah, we're on board. And I have, uh, I have like 35 um, different prizes. Um, but there's probably more than that because some um, brands kindly gave like a couple of prizes so mm. I can break it down and kind of do spot prizes throughout the month. But the majority of it will go into just one big mega hamper for someone mm. on the 1st of December. Um all people are doing is just tracking their walk every day and just know you don't have to do a certain amount of kilometres or anything like that. It's just to get out as much as you can. Um, take a little picture, screenshot your kilometres and just post it either to your Instagram or to your onto the Facebook page, just tagging me somehow so that I can see it. Um, and then you're just thrown into a draw then for, for the hamper at the end of the month. Brilliant. So you're having to log loads. Well, I suppose you're not having to log loads of people's miles. They're just telling you what you've done. But you are a fan of the Fitbit. So what yeah. are you up to? What kind of steps are you doing every day at the moment or kilometres? Um, this week now, I've been hitting maybe 15,000 a wow, day. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, um, which is a lot for me considering like about six months ago, I couldn't even get out of bed myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my body's a bit like, whoa, Trina, slow down, calm down. Um, but yeah, no, it's not about like a competition. Like for me, I'm competitive in myself. Like where right, I hit ten thousand last week. I want to hit more this week. You know that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are literally just doing it for themselves. Whether they can do one kilometer or whether they can do ten kilometers, it's just the feel good factor. Like and the amount of people that are coming back to me saying, "Geez, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be going out." And thank you. And I'm not doing it for recognition. Like I just want people to feel good in themselves and hopefully. It'll help this month pass by a little bit quicker and yeah. it just brings the spring a little bit quicker then as well, you know. Yeah, and we all need the spring. And tell me, like, I think the last yeah. time I spoke to you, you were still on a crutch. So you've had a hip replacement. How is that all going for you when you're going out for walks as well? Yeah, like, it's just improving every week. It's just getting stronger and stronger, you know. Um, I went for a walk down in Kilmore Key last night and I thought, Jesus, last time I was on this key, I couldn't even walk the half of it, like. Um, because I would get so fatigued in my hip, like it was just so painful. Whereas now I'm walking, I've done, I think I've done 11k one day, just over through, through the whole day, like not just that mm. in one go. 
Um, so it is like every week I'm just getting stronger and stronger like Oh that's brilliant to hear Trina As you yeah. said you've over 35 prizes at, at the moment Is there anything though that you'd like Is there any prize that you'd like for people? Yeah like I mean there's a few kind of Wexford based prizes that will be going into the hamper and I'm just really mindful that people who are not from Wexford might win and you know the, the prizes might go to waste because obviously they're living up the country somewhere or whatever so ideally what would be great would be if someone could offer up um, like an overnight stay somewhere in Wexford, like for your staycation for obviously when lockdown is over and like restrictions are lifted and stuff like that, so that they could kind of avail of, say, you know, a particular restaurant who's given a voucher or something like that, you know, and they're not going to travel the whole way to Wexford just to get something to eat. At least they could kind of make a night of it and stay overnight or whatever and check Wexford out. So if there was anyone who could help with that, like that would be amazing. Okay, good stuff. So um, that is one thing that you want, a hotel stay in Wexford and, of course, a chance for people to check out. I know we're biased, but a really beautiful county, Trina. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Congratulations with all this. It's really great to see you out and about and helping other people as well. And you've put all the details and the rules on your Instagram, the IGTV section of your Instagram. If people want to check that out, you just need to search for Tree Cleary on Instagram. Trina, Get out there on the road. Enjoy the rest of this month. And thanks a million for talking to me this morning. No bother, Orla. Take care. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Have you checked out RTE's latest comedy? It's called Dead Still. And it's set in 1880 about a memorial photographer. Uh, One of the stars of the show is Carlo-based actor Jimmy Smallhorn, who is in Love, Hate, Taken Down, Clean Break. And he's talking to me about all those things this morning. Hiya, Jimmy. How are you? Oh, thanks for calling. I, I, thanks for calling me for one of the, one of the stars. <laughs> Tell us what your role is. Tell us what your role is in Dead Still. Um, well, another handsome, handsome gentleman in in, in a cape, apparently. But uh, no, I, I'm, I'm actually the the carriage man for uh, for Michael Smiley. I play Carruthers, uh, a man who who avoids work at all costs. Pretty much like the old Dublin Corporation man in the seventies, you know. Okay, but so definitely not he, uh, set in the seventies. Set way further back than that. It's way back in the eighteen nineties, you know. Uh, and apparently, I didn't know this. Apparently, uh, back in the day, if you died and you had a few quid, and um, it was it was a custom to, to have a nice photograph, family uh, portrait taken of your of your corpse with the family, just to say goodbye. I didn't know any of this stuff. What with it's your family? Carver, so in a little group with your family together. You and the dead body. Yes, you and the dead body. So you know you, you pop them up there and and uh, you, you put a bit of makeup on them and and uh, yeah, this was apparently a, a thing back in the day. So and in fact, somebody was saying it was one of the beginnings of the the the, the origins of family portraits. It actually, began with, with dead bodies. You <laughs> How know? weird! I'm going to get caught down such a Google rabbit hole after the show of looking that up and, of course, watching Dead yeah. Still as well. It's it's called Memorial uh, Memorial uh, Portraiture. Okay, and, I shall uh, look that up. Jimmy Smallhorn, what a brilliant name. Why not James Smallhorn, though, Jimmy? Well, you know, I'm very lucky to be called Jimmy because uh, with a name like Smallhorn, there was an argument when I was born between my father's brother and my mother's brother okay. who I was going to be called after. So thank God it was called after my Uncle Jimmy because if I'd been called after my Uncle Mickey, it would have been a very, very difficult name to live with. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to be called Jimmy Small. Anything, anything, you know, uh, 
other than what uh, my uncle Mickey, who's long past now, you know, I don't know how he survived growing up, that man, but... Um, so, he was called uh, Mickey yeah. Smallhorn, that was his name. Well, officially Michael, but of course, Paddy Fermit, you know, if you're Michael, you're Mickey, you know, and <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're Smallhorn, tough, it's tough, you know. Now, we said you're a Carlo actor, but of course, you're from Ballyfermot originally. What has brought you to Carlo? Um, I just, you know, and not, not trying to have a house down here at a reasonable price. And just, you know, I'd lived in New York actually for 20, 20 years, over 20 years, and then I came back to Dublin. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, I've been focusing a lot on writing for, for the last number of years. So um, it, there's a lot of pressure um, off you with, you know, paying bills in Dublin that you can, you know, just have, afford more time for writing down here. So I, I'm down in Carlo. It's great. I love it down here. It's, it's, it's a beautiful part of the world. And, you know, traveling all around the, the, the country and the county and seeing how fantastic a country we have here. I, I really like it down here, you know. Bit of a culture shock, though, to go from Dublin City to New York and then to County Carlo. I'm telling you, you know, it's... it's uh, well, look, at the, the thing about New York was I was there in my 20s and my 20s when, you know, when I was able to do a bit of rock and roll, mm. you know. I can I can barely make it up to the store these days, but um, it was... It, it, it's just... You know, it, it, I think it's a, it's a good sign, you know, that you can actually live in a quiet place after all that crazy stuff because, uh, it's, you know, life is kind of funny in a way, you know. Like, there's, there's, there's a, there was a time when I couldn't be without, like, electricity and lights and, you know, uh, the, the 24-hour booths, you know. And now I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm turned into this kind of a, an, an oatmeal kind of a, you know, relaxed, I like quietness, you know. But it's all it's, it's a very productive place, to, you know, for a writer to be, Carlo. You know, because you have you have plenty of time to uh, to kind of to work on what you need to work on. I'm, I'm quite busy as a writer as well, you know. So you now it's a great place to be able to live for me. I have to say all day, you know. And have you used COVID and lockdown? You know, there's so much talk about people working in the performing arts and how little work you know we had a nice spurt of a few weeks where we could go to the theatre if 50 people could socially distance that's all ended are you using this time to try and, and get as much writing out there well I've been I, I've been very busy I honestly got I've been very busy with this whole COVID and I think the, the flip side of the COVID for the artists is that there's a lot like I'm talking to a lot of people there's a lot of people writing and working at home and I think it's you know, when we come out of this period, there's got to be a, a lot of work out there, a lot of great new work coming in the corner. Because very rarely do people really get the time to sit down and work and, and, and work on our pieces, you know. So, no, I've been, I've been, I've been working away. I've, you know, I've, 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 I've worked on a, a couple of short films that I'm making and, and some scripts that I'm working on. And um, I'm doing, a, you know, writing a piece for the Abbey as well. So I've been very, very busy, you know, so... It's, no, it's a, it's a good time. I, I'm actually, you know, I'm a real uh, isolator, you know, so mm. I'm like, I'm happy to be doing my own thing. I think it should almost make it permanent, you know. Oh, no, don't say that. I couldn't do I'm that. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we can see your face and, and we have seen your face before, of course, in, in Love, Hate, as we said, and, and Clean Break. Have you a, a favourite Irish production? I, I know you're probably going to have to say Dead Still, but before Dead Still even... Has there been a favourite Irish production television-wise that you've worked on down through the years? Well, actually, the producer of, of Dead Still was Susanna McCauley, who done an incredible job, mm. you know, with a very small budget to make that thing look the way it looked. Because, and she you know, also it, did Love Hate, of course. And she did Love Hate, and she did Taken Down. And anything that I've been involved with with those girls 
has been a complete joy. It really has. Like, no, but I, you know, Love Hate will always be something that would be in my heart because it was it was just a great uh, experience working with, with 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 that crew. You know, they were they were really amazing people. You yeah, know, yeah. And I think it's one of those series that we'll still be talking about decades on, a bit like Bachelor's Walk and things like that. But in the meantime, I have to say I've watched some of the Dead Still promos and one of the episodes, and I just love it. It is on tonight at nine thirty on RTE One. And if you want to check out the first episode, if you missed it, just go to the RTE player. Jimmy, it was lovely to talk to you I'll be watching out for your face on Dead Still and best of luck with everything in the future Alright thanks so much it was great talking to you and thanks for, and thanks for having me on The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 Well a new children's book has been launched to raise money for the North Wexford Society for, for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals It's called While You Were Sleeping and it's on sale now It features a cast of cats and dogs and a big boss who is of course a cat because all cats are bosses. It's written by journalist Caroline Kidd and it's illustrated by Petra Curtis and Caroline's on the phone this morning to tell me more about the book. You are very welcome, Caroline. Lovely to be here, Orla. Thank you very much. This is a lovely idea and I think I know it's not a Christmas book, but it's a lovely book for kind of Christmas time. Absolutely. And I think it's just launching at a really fantastic time despite a pandemic. Obviously, there's challenges to that mm-hmm. and I didn't plan that, you know, um, and we, but I just had to get the book out there and I thought, I don't want to wait. So we decided to launch and I have to say the team at NWSPCA have been doing a wonderful job of getting it out there. We're selling it online and we will have a number of retail outlets selling it from December, but it will make a beautiful a Christmas gift. It's a beautiful book. It's been illustrated, uh, full colour, and I think kids will love it. It's a lovely story. But you are a editor of a motoring magazine, so is this a bit of a, a career change for you? What, what what motivated you to write this book? Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I am a writer and journalist, so I have a motoring website called Changing Lanes. And I'm also actually a commercial copywriter. So writing is my bread and butter. Mm. But I I thought I all like every journalist, I always wanted to write a book of some some description and I would have had different ideas and things. So I started volunteering with the North Wexford SPCA back in twenty thirteen. And I used to go there every Saturday evening and look after the cats. I was working in the cattery. Now, there's also a kennels there. And I suppose I quite early on, I got this idea for a kid's book. I suppose I've always been good at giving animals voices. Even the pets I had at home, I always could imagine what they were thinking okay. and what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine I get into a cattery and I'm meeting all these cats. Uh, different personalities and I think my imagination must have gone into overdrive so I came up with this idea for a kids book and I finally started to write it in it was summer of 2018 so a little over two years ago and I just it got out my journal and a pen and most of the first draft was written by hand which is I think is really cool. 
How like I, I think what you're saying about animals and personalities is something that will really resonate with people because I know like our two dogs at home, Dougal and Maxie, like we have just put personalities on them that mightn't even be true for them. Like Maxie is just really bold, doesn't really care if he gets in trouble. And Dougal is really chilled and laid back. And I often wonder in their heads, are they thinking, who are these agents who really think we're <laughs> these sort of characters? But there's something so intriguing about you know, when where when you go or like you said in the book while you were sleeping, what your what your pets are up to and your animals are up to. Absolutely. And I suppose like down in the shelter in Gory, the animals are in cages for their safety mm. and for their comfort. It's very they're warm and they're cozy and you put them to bed at night. I mean the cats get a hot water bottle in the winter at night Aww. before you leave. So I it's all very cozy. But I often wonder, yeah, you know, I suppose, what do they get up to? And I suppose that idea of freedom and fun and animals expressing themselves Mm -hmm. and having a laugh uh, and also working together because in the story, okay, there's some chaos and mayhem, but in the end, the cats and the dogs, they actually work together as a team, (laughs) which is really interesting I think um, and they cooperate and the dogs based on whatever breed they are they have like a different role in the story so it's playing to the strengths of the animals and I think there's a powerful message there for children it's like we're all different we all have our strengths we all have our place in the team and in the world true so true it sounds like you're a cat person though Caroline are you I, I am, and the cats are well represented in the book, I have to say. I suppose the, the action starts in the cattery in the book, and then the dogs, I had to bring the dogs into it because I felt they had a different role to play. You know, if you are trying to set up a team to solve a problem, as as they have to do in the book, you don't get a team of cats together, you know, because cats won't cooperate. Mm-hmm. So we had to bring the dogs in because they would cooperate and they would have the right temperament to work together and save a situation where the cats will just do their own thing. But as I said earlier, of course, the big boss has to be a cat. Yeah. And Tom, who's the main character in this book, he's a black cat. He's based on a real um, animal cat that we had in the shelter. Tom was the resident cat. Now, he sadly passed away over the oh. summer, but he was a great old age of 17. Wow. You know? And when you say he was a resident cat of the shelter, so there's cats there at North Wexford SPCA who live there kind of full time, do they? You see, it was very unusual because that's not the case. Mm. Most of the animals, they are rehomed. Um, but Tom was special in that regard in that he came to the shelter under, I'm not sure, quite sure of the mm. details of it, but he was never rehomed. He took this role of the resident cat, the boss who would just top live cat. out his, exactly, top cat. They would just live out his life there and nobody owned Tom, but everybody loved him, I would say. He had a <laughs> and very Tom sounds good, like he owned everyone. Oh, he did. He could manage and command humans. <laughs> Like like only a cat could. Yeah, know. I do say I I have to say I am a dog person, but there's something so 
brilliantly confident about a cat. Maybe that's us putting personalities on cats all over again. They they are intriguing animals and they're so independent. Um, I I've been intrigued by them for years. I would say. Does that mean you're taking lots of cats home and adopting them and bringing them home, Caroline? <laughs> it's funny. A lot of people say that to me. Now, I have had, I've had three cats okay. from the shelter. Um, it's, you know, when you're there, uh, you're looking after them, but sometimes there might be a cat that finds it more difficult to find a home. Mm. So, for example, about uh, five years ago, there was two kittens, Evan and Devo. Uh-huh. And they were, they'd come in from, I think they'd, they'd just been found, um, they were very small kittens, but they were pretty wild. Mm. Uh, so a few months passed and they weren't being homed. So I decided that I would take these two home. <laughs> so I did. And uh, they're actually two of the the boys in the story, Max and Louie, the two kittens, are based on my two cats, oh, Evan and Devo. <laughs> and when I took them home, like, they just, they had such fun. It was mayhem. They were running up the corridor. They were behind the curtains. They were on top of the sofa. They were behind the sofa. They were just absolutely delighted to to be free, I suppose. Oh. And, and they were brothers, you know. They always looked out for each other and they'd be on the sofa cleaning each other and then they'd, that would break into a fight and then they'd start <laughs> cleaning each other again. And it was, I just saw that love between animals. It was this unbreakable bond. It was oh, lovely. How lovely. Well, the book is called While You Were Sleeping. It is by Caroline Kidd and the proceeds go to the North Wexford Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. It's beautifully illustrated, as we said as well. And the illustrations are by Petra Curtis. If you want to check it out, you can go to Caroline's website, which is changinglanes.ie, or you can check out the NWSPCA, which is on Facebook. Caroline, well done. Congratulations with it. And I hope we talk to you again soon. Many thanks, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my next guest this morning has taken shopping local a step further. West Waterford native Kira Hennebury is the woman behind Crea Ireland, a company that has set out to make Irish products available online. To chat more, Kira joins me on the phone this morning. Hi, Kira. Hi, Orla. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. We have been talking the last few weeks about shopping local. We've been chatting to people, independent retailers based in Waterford and Kilkenny. And you're a West Waterford woman who's taken it a step further in using your abilities to promote shops that are local and beyond. Yeah. So in lockdown there in July, August, I was sitting in my office being like, right, I need to do something to help local businesses that don't look like it's getting anything be- any better. Uh, we need a platform. And I came up with the idea, Korea was born then, and I came up with the idea of having a one platform. Basically, I like to call it like an ASOS for Irish brands, okay. where everyone can come together and make it easier for the consumer to buy Irish and support local. And you can shop hundreds of Irish brands all in one place, and that's exactly what Korea is. So what were you doing up until lockdown? What was your background that brought you to creating Korea Ireland? So I work in marketing and business development and I always had a passion for helping businesses. I did have my own business 
um, helping businesses grow and start up developing. And I'm really passionate about giving people marketing advice, just helping in any way I can. And I suppose that's what really, um, really made me come up with Korea and drive me to, to do it. Now, I have to say, especially in lockdown 2.0 that we're in now, I was quite surprised by the amount of independent retailers who had really brilliant social media presence, but not necessarily a website where you could buy their products. Is that what you found? Yeah, and that's the that's the solution to that problem that we're offering, that a lot of people, like a lot of people, the suppliers I'm dealing with, they're absolutely fantastic making their products. And these are busy people, so if we can do a little bit of the website for them and have um, somewhere that they can buy their products, you know, in business, like it's really hard to have every, like you're making your product. When you're a small business owner, you're making your product, you're the person answering the phone, doing the books. You can't be good at absolutely everything. So we'll we'll make it easier for you and um, give you a platform that you can sell your products on and reach a larger market as well. And the way I like to think of it is together, like we're better and stronger. We can compete with the big uh, international sites if we all come together as one. So who have you on your website at the moment? Your, your website is being built, but on Facebook and your own social media platforms, who have you got at the moment? Yes, we actually have a hundred, over 100 suppliers on board okay. our website. We have products from health and fitness, beauty, food and drink, and you name it, any product. Once it's an Irish brand or Irish-made product, it's available on Korea. And from all over Ireland, from Waterford, Cork to Donegal, Everywhere, and then we have some big names to some small names as well. So some of the big names we have is like Harsha Beauty, which is a national beauty brand, and then we have um, smaller businesses as well. We have um, Polly and Andy from Waterford, and um, with their socks, and then we have local artists. Um, everything just really going to grow and develop Ireland. And do you find that these people are people who don't have websites themselves, or are they people who are just? Uh, using you as an add-on as well, or a little bit of both? Yeah, a bit of both, really. We have, most of people do have their websites, but we do have some suppliers that don't have websites. And then um, in terms of the the benefits for the people that have their own websites is that the aim is that we'll be together, we'll be stronger, and then we'll be accessing a a larger market and then making it easier for the consumer. So if you wanted to buy Irish, that you're just going onto this site instead of looking um, loads of different sites, that you can just come onto the one site and it's all there for you. And have you noticed now in the last few weeks, I know Halloween is well over and we seem to have jumped into Christmas faster than ever. Have you noticed that there's been an uptake of people going onto the site and browsing through products? Yeah, like we're launching now in mid-November and our social media page has just exploded. We have nearly 6,000 followers now and we're not even launched and the support we have is absolutely incredible and we're sharing all about the suppliers and everything that we'll have on board and it's just great to see so many people interested and wanting to do their bit to support local so it's really good that we can help consumers and then that we can help the businesses by giving them a platform and I just love this job it's so so rewarding it's literally my passion and to know that I can help local businesses by Korea is just amazing. Fabulous well as you said the website is launching in just a week or so in mid-November so just a week away but people can have a look at your Facebook page as well can't they? 
Yeah, our Facebook and Instagram page is Korea Ireland, and you can hop on over to our website, www.koreaireland.com, and you can sign up to our newsletter, and you'll get all the updates there as well. Brilliant. Giving you a few ideas for Christmas presents and other type of presents in 2020 and a chance to shop local again and to shop Irish and independent. Thank you so much for talking to us, Kira. Best of luck with the launch. But as you said, if you search for Korea Ireland on Facebook, you will see more information from there. Best of luck with it, Kira. Thank you. Thanks a million. Bye. Bye. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103.